This is Eric from Cheyenne, Wyoming, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. Yes, we are all reunited, and it feels so good. Jacob Doherty is back with us this week. We missed our snarky Canadian a couple weeks ago. We'll check in with him here in just a second, but... Most importantly, it means I am joined by the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com, Dr. Lou Lafredo. Lou, did you have a happy holidays? Yes, I did. I got my new mini. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I rediscovered my old mini, and now it's my new (laughs) mini again. Uh, So, yeah, uh, Christmas was great. Thanks. (laughs) What's old is new again. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Jacob up in Canada. I, uh, I mean, are, are are Canadian Christmases similar to here in the states? Well, there's no snow this year, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, here in Edmonton, there's nothing. Wow. Wild. It was ten degrees yesterday. Celsius. Ten degrees Celsius. Celsius. Okay. Who All uses right. Fahrenheit? The, the U.S. <laughs> the U.S. uses it, and that's about it. Um, so I, I can tell you that's 50 degrees Fahrenheit for those of our American listeners here. So that is quite warm for this time of year. Um, I can tell you, uh, on, uh, Christmas Eve, we got a dusting of snow here in Aurora. And then the day after Christmas, we got seven and a half inches up, up North in Thornton, just you know, a couple dozen miles away, they got a trace of snow. So Hmm. it was very sporadic here in the Denver Metro area. Uh, listeners, this episode of the Pro Hockey News podcast is brought to you by My Custom Sports Chair. Head over to mycustomsportschair.com, entering code PHN20, I believe, to get 20% off your purchase. Um, thanks to our sponsors there at the at My Custom Sports Chair for making this podcast possible. Um, so I I alluded Lou a little bit uh, when Jacob stepped away from the microphone here. Uh, I, I have a, a little bit, it's not quite a rant, but a little bit of a Christmas story about how uh, it went here in the Cote household. Um, initially, we were going to go to uh, New Mexico to go see some family. Uh, at the last minute, we all kind of came down with some respiratory um, illness. And to be safe, we we didn't feel like spreading that to to any of our uh, our family members. We have some really young family members. We have some elderly family members who are going to be joining us. So we thought to just play it safe, stay home, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with them later. Uh, so to kind of console ourselves with that, um, I, I talked with Emily about this, and uh, we went out and bought a Nintendo Switch because we, uh, Emily and I both love playing Mario Kart on the Wii and on the N64 growing up. Um, and we're like, you know what? We think Philip is ready for this. We 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 think he'll he'll enjoy it because we we play it when we go to uh, like Target and Walmart, and he just has a blast. So we're like, let's just own one. Let's get Mario Kart. Let's have some fun. So we get it, and we we lay down some ground rules, which he has been absolutely a rock star about. Uh, he has not tried to bend the rules at all. Um, he he'll ask us, and if we say no, that that's that. Um, so he's been really good about it. The the, the the present we didn't see coming as a, an instant hit. We we thought the Wii was going to be all the or not the Wii the the Switch was going to be all the problems. It, you know he was going to you know try and figure out ways to to navigate the rules and and to to play outside the playing times. You know that that wasn't the big issue. There were these um, 
like uh, plaster of Paris, uh, like seashells that we got that had little sea creatures buried inside of them where you have to like excavate the, the creatures out of um, those were the instant hit. There were 12 of them in this pack and he wanted to do nothing more than to sit at the table and tear apart one of these to get to the little tiny plastic sea creature inside. Um, it also came with little facts, um, like on these car, these playing cards with the picture of the animal on it, uh, that weren't a hundred percent accurate calling a, uh, a sea turtle, a crustacean, but I, I digress. Um, this this was the instant hit. I, I thought the biggest problem was going to be the Nintendo, the electronics. Uh, no, he's been he's been great with that. Those seashells, that I, th- those were the worst and the best present that we could have gotten him. So that was a glimpse into the uh, the holidays here in the Cote household. Okay, rant over. Let's move it over to Lou. Let's get going on to some hockey news, because that's what you came here to listen to. Uh, Lou, what's happening in this week's Bangers and Mash? Bangers and Mash. Thank you, Richard. Um, You know, uh, all week long, uh, well, the last two weeks, really, um, since you and I met last, um, what's been interesting is to catch the headlines and, and see what's been going on in the league with teams floating up and out of, up to and out of uh, the top four in the EIHL. So it's been a bit of a um, merry-go-round, if you will. But it it really is starting to settle down. The top three teams are kind of who you would anticipate. The Sheffield Steelers are in first place with 20 games played and have picked up 35 points so far. So they um, they've... They've come in with a gaudy 17-2-1 record uh, through those uh, 20 games. Um, they um, apparently are on a mission uh, this season. Um, but uh, coming up on the, in the second slot are the Cardiff Devils. Uh, they have played through 22 games. So Steelers have two games in hand and are up four points on the Devils, who are 17, uh, 15-6-1. Uh, Belfast Giants hold down the third spot with 23 games played, so they're um, eight points back, and and eight and and um, there are still six uh, points on the table that the Steelers can pile up, and uh, the Giants are coming in at uh, 13, nine, and one. So, uh, by virtue of those three extra games, they're actually pressuring uh, the top spot. And <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Guildford Flames round out the top four. Uh, with 22 games played, they've got 25 points and they've gone 10, 7, and 5. Um, uh, but they are actually coming on of late. They had a really rough start. In fact, they were below the, the cutoff line uh, earlier this season. And so the Flames are starting to, um, is it a cliche to say heat up? Or is it just <laughs> ham-handed? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, but you know, the uh, at some point in the last two weeks, Richard and Jacob, uh, Manchester Storm, um, Dundee Stars and, and uh, Glasgow Clan have all at one point or another been in the top four. So um, this season is actually, um, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's been an absolute blast to follow it so far. But uh, as I said, the Steelers are apparently on a mission at, uh, with that 17 wins on the season so far through 20 games and the 35 points. So um 
we hope to have uh, David Grant and uh, Mick Johnson on uh, for the next time the uh, uh, the second line meets. So we'll have uh, a discussion with them. All right. And that's Bangers and Mesh. All right. Thank you, Lou. Let's bring it back here to the North American continent. Uh, and let's check in with the minor leagues. Let's look at the ECHL and uh, the current standings here. Uh, and I believe the ECHL is actually about to go into their all-star break here in the next week. I believe. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I. I yeah. Um, well, anyways. it's a new year, new year break. Yeah. Right. Yeah. New year break. Um so anyway, uh, let's look at the top four teams from each division, starting in the Eastern Conference with the North Division. We have the Adirondack Thunder with uh, 35 points leading the division. We have the Norfolk Admirals in the second spot with 31 points. The Toivier Lions with 29 points in the number three spot. And the Newfoundland Growlers in the number four spot with 29 points. Looking over to the South Division, we have the Greensville Swamp Rabbits in the number one spot with 40 points, the South Carolina Stingrays in the number two spot with 36 points, the Orlando Solar Bears in the number three spot with 32 points, and the Jacksonville Icemen rounding out your top four with 31 points. Moving over to the Western Conference in the Central Division, we have the Toledo Walleye still on top of that division with 38 points. The Fort Wayne Comets in the number two spot with 33 points. The Cincinnati Cyclones in the number three spot with 29 points. And the Wheeling Nailers in the number four spot with 28 points. Going out to the Mountain Division, uh, the Idaho Steelheads remain on top of that division with 43 points. The Kansas City Mavericks still hot on their heels with 41 points. The Tulsa Oilers in the number three spot with 29 points and the Wichita Thunder in the number four spot with 24 points. Uh, Lou, a team I wanted to take a look at um, as we're uh, looking at these top teams in the divisions. Uh, one, uh, take a closer look at the Toivier Lions. Uh, they have really cooled off in their last 10, uh, 2, 7, 1 and 0 in their last 10 kind of falling a, a little bit in that division. Um, just have not had a, a decent streak of, of, you know, good games recently. Uh, do, do you have any more analysis as to, you know, what, what the problem there is in Toivier? Um, I think you're seeing an awful lot of uh, movement coming out of um, uh, the Lions uh, moving up to Laval Rocket in the AHL and mm-hmm. um, who are the affiliate for obviously the Montreal Canadians. And uh, I think it's also an issue of the other teams around them have gotten better. They say certainly did get off to a great start, fast start. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not the only ones that got that fast start and then tailed off, but um, they seem to have precipitately um, taken a hit the last, you know, last two weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was a little shocking to me to see that, uh, you know, two wins in their last 10 games, um, not really racking up the points that they, they were to start the season. Um, and some of them haven't even been close. Yeah. Some of them have not even yeah. been close. Their, their goal differential has really taken a hit. Yeah. Um, so kind of a, a team to, to watch there and see, you know, how they're, 
they're planning to recover from this or if they're even going to be able to, as Lou had mentioned, the the call-ups to the AHL and then into the uh, Montreal Canadian team, who is also looking to bring on some some talent midway through the season. Um, let's take a look at the American Hockey League or the AHL, as the kids are calling it these days. Um, let's take a look at your top uh, four from each division. We got the Hershey Bears on top of the Atlantic Division with 50 points. The Hartford Wolfpack uh, also struggling a little bit as of late, but still in second place with 35 points. The Springfield Thunderbirds in the number three spot with 35 points. And the Providence Bruins in that number four spot with 34 points. In the North Division, the Cleveland Monsters are on top with 41 points. The Syracuse Crunch in the number two spot with 36 points. The Toronto Marlies in that number three spot with 30 points. And the Belleville Baby Sens in that number four spot with 30 points. Uh, in the Central Division, we have the Texas Stars on top with 35 points. The Milwaukee Admirals making a little bit of a push. Uh, still trail Texas by about two points. They have 33 points in that number two spot. Uh, the Iowa Wild in the number three spot with 26 points. And the Rockford Ice Hogs rounding out your top four with 25 points. In the Pacific Division, uh, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, the Calgary Wranglers still on top of that division uh, with 39 points. Moving up a little bit here, the Tucson Roadrunners uh, cracking the top two in the division uh, with 36 points. They've actually played very well in their last 10, 8-2-0 in their last 10. Uh, the Abbotsford Canucks, uh, sorry, Abbotsford Canucks, if I could talk, that would be great. Uh, in the number three spot with 36 points and the Ontario Reign rounding out your top four with 34 points. Um, let's go back to the Ice Hogs here a little bit, Lou. Um, yeah. They uh, not looking uh, terribly hot in uh, in their last 10, two, seven and one as well in their last 10. Um, definitely having some issues coming uh Coming out of the month of December, uh, what has stood out to you uh, in Rockford? Actually, with Rockford, I think it's a little bit clearer. They've been playing the top, some of the uh, the, the the top teams in the AHL over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Texas, uh, the Wranglers, um, and they've just not been faring well against um, those quality teams. So 11-13 um, and uh, three so far um, through their 27 games. It's been it's been a rough start, mm-hmm. um, and and as you said, the last 10 games. So you know, since the last time we met, um, it's been an awful lot of you know um, seeing the Wranglers, the the Roadrunners. Um, they think the Canucks were in town. I think they also lost to the Texas Stars, Iowa, and you know all of these teams are starting to play really well and. Um, Rockford just hit has hit a wall. Yeah, uh, um, I mean, a wall of really good teams coming through. A wall of really good teams. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there there was that stretch in uh, end of November, early December. They lost seven straight, so that didn't really help. Um, mm. You know, facing teams like the Gulls, the Wild, the Mo- the Manitoba Moose. Um, yeah, yeah, it just it it puts a little bit of a strain on that team. So. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on them and see if if they're rebounding or if they're going to fall out of that top four 
there in the in in their division. Wow. All right. That's how bad the rest of that division is. Yeah. No, they're 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 still in that top four. So, uh, I mean, Eesh. yeah, it, it's anybody. I, I mean, th- there is quite the um, the the leads in some of these divisions, like the North Division. You got a you got a five point lead. Uh, same in the Atlantic. You know, there's actually sorry, that's a fifteen point lead. Uh, that's a big drop between Hershey and the Hartford Wolfpack. 50 points to 35 points between first and second. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, the, the rest of that division, I mean, Rockford's only 10 points out of that first spot. Um, it's, I mean, it, it's within reach, but they've also played one more game than most of that division. So right. uh, there is that on on top of that. So they'll have an uphill battle if they want to try and claim that division or if they're just looking for a playoff spot. Uh, they do have a little bit of a, uh, a less of an uphill battle, but still a battle nonetheless. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in the NHL. Um, I, I, do, do we want to start with, uh, you know, end of year? You, we want to start sharing some New Year's resolutions or do we want to react to the some winter classic set dressings? Uh, 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 Jacob, where, where do you want to go first? Let's start with the Winter Classic and make our way to that resolution. All right. All right. <laughs> so l- let's start. As uh, you know, last week I, I touched on this a little bit with Adam, but I didn't get a full genuine reaction from him. And I was a little disappointed because that that's what you come here for, to, to get our hot takes on things that absolutely do not matter, like uniforms and such. But um, if you have seen the renderings of the the Winter Classic set, uh, what's going to be on, um, was it Team? It's not T-Mobile Park, is it? Um, used to be Safeco Field, wherever the Mariners play. <laughs> that stadium is going to be dressed called, yeah. up. S- excuse me? I forget what it's called, yeah. Okay. I, I know, I, I used to be Safeco. I know it that. used to be Safeco. I think it's T-Mobile Park now, but I, I could be off on that one. Um so they, they've announced the set dressings for what the ice is going to look like and what the stage is going to look like. I want to get some reactions. I, I'm going to save mine for, for last. I'm going to start with you, Jacob, since you're a little bit sort of closer to that area than, than we are-ish. Um, what, what, what is your, your reaction to how it's going to look? I think it looks, it looks pretty nice. Um, I mean... I, I really dislike it being put in baseball fields oh, uh, yeah? be, because it's just so far away from the stands, right? Like it, everything's just so far away. Yeah. But I mean, football fields aren't really any closer. They're slightly more closer. I, I don't know. Uh, go, going to uh, covering the outdoor game in at the Air Force Academy versus when I covered it at Coors Field, I, I felt like I was more in the action and closer uh, to the action at Coors Field. Maybe it was just because it was a major league park versus a college stadium. Um, but I, I don't know. I just the the energy of the crowd. And uh, I just I felt like I was closer to the game there than I was at a football field but 
I don't know. Maybe that's just perception rather than actual measurements. Yeah. It also might just be me as well. Like my <laughs> weird biases that sometimes make no sense, usually make no sense. Um, but yeah, I'm, it's not bad. Like it looks good in my opinion. Like it, it'll be a really nice spectacle, but I yeah. just, the stands are so far away. <laughs> well, it's real. So, Jacob, you're right. Um, home plate um, is way, way. I mean, you, if you're behind home plate, um, you're you're just not seeing the game. Um, my first outdoor game was uh, the Rangers and at uh, the Phillies baseball stadium, and boy, you know. <laughs> You're just, yeah, you're, it's a, it's a shag um, to get out there uh, from home plate. Um, On the other hand, if you're out in the, in the grandstand area, out in uh, right field, left field, uh, right field and center field, it's actually not so bad. Um, I was, we were also at the Heritage Classic in Vancouver. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, there wasn't a good seat. (laughs) Really, you know, especially from the press box. Um, That was a rough game to watch. Um, I could have used a pair of binoculars. So, yeah, yeah, you're right about the, I mean, half of that, half of that baseball stadium is sort of out of touch with, um, with the, with the, with the ice surface. Yeah. And, and, uh, an important thing to know for uh, the Seattle Stadium is that the big expensive seats are obviously behind home plate. There's like a, a club area with like um, a s- section of um, like dining, like a dining room area where like you can go and there's like a buffet that you can get food. So like those tickets are going to be really expensive and you're just going to be looking at the stage. Right. I don't even think you're going to be able to see the ice much. It, it maybe it's it's my perceived bias, but the the people who tend to get those tickets that have all the extras, where you know you have you know extra room, like when you get like a luxury suite or whatever, and it's all this food is included, all these drinks are included, yeah. and uh, you know um, you have room for like fifteen people inside this one box. You're you're not going to watch the game that's out there. You got TVs everywhere in inside that that luxury box. Not to say that that's what these seats are. Uh, because well, obviously if they're behind home plate, they're not going to have several dozen TVs posted about. But um, I, I feel like th- those aren't the people who are coming for the game. Those are the people who are coming for the spectacle. Well, and also like along the entire sides of the um, of the field, because baseball is on ground level. Um, the reason why it works, uh, outdoor games work well in football stadiums is because the fans are slightly higher they're not ground level oh, so I they see can see point. over the boards. Yeah. Mm, People yeah. who are sitting down can bear, will be barely able to see over the boards in the first two rows, at least because mm. it's on an elevated surface already. So it doesn't destroy the grass for the actual baseball. And on top of that, like it's, it's really far away. <laughs> well, maybe this is something we need to, to reach out to our listeners and put a little Q&A or maybe a, a little poll together for this episode specifically 
Uh, and you can find that poll on Spotify. We'll put one up there. What do you prefer? Baseball stadiums, football stadiums. I don't know. I, I like the history of baseball stadiums. To me, it's just a different atmosphere when I go to a baseball stadium versus football. But, you know, that that's just me. I, I mean, that that's my preference. Um Lou, your thoughts on on the setup there, and I have confirmed it is T-Mobile yes, Park. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, look, we've had uh, Dennis Morell has been up there now uh, for I think about a week. He's going to be covering the game uh, for us, as well as Shelley Lima uh, is also there as a beat writer, and Jack Lima is going to be our shooter for the game. And um, uh, Dennis has been doing a great job of of that review of what's been going on and, and trying to give us the flavor of T-Mobile park. Um, you know, um, it really is aesthetically pleasing on television. Um, but when you get there <laughs> and you're walking around, quote unquote, the snow, <laughs> yep. um, you know, it's a little disconcerting that, um, you know, there is no snow, there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then when you see it in the future, when you, you know, as, as the old saying is, if you don't want to know, don't, don't ask how the sausage is made. Right. Um, um, but uh, the way Dennis has described it is uh, uh, the motif is about the docks, you know, there in Seattle mm-hmm. and the teams are going to be coming out uh, on the stages that are set up as, as uh, docks and, you know, I I kind of liked the way they did this. The only other one that I really really liked was when they were in St. Louis and they had uh, the guitar um, uh, outline um, sort of center ice. You know, the oh, center yeah. ice. Uh, that was really remember that? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought I thought St. Louis did a really great job of um, uh, dragging music. Uh, you know, uh, St. Louis blues. Uh, music into the theme and so seattle is doing it from the dock workers yeah um, <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> all sorts of jokes just came to my mind and i'm going to pass it back to you richard okay. well, <laughs> before I, I get fired <laughs> I, I i like that that the, the pathways they come out to is like over this turbulent ocean over these yeah. docks yeah. uh to get to the playing field i love the shipwreck in the background with a kraken dragging it down right. that I think it is my favorite touch of the entire field. Um, I, I wonder if it's going to be like how it's going to be lit up, how it's going to be like animated um, that those are my big questions. Cause you know uh, the, the game is going to be fun. Nonetheless, I just want to see what else is going on around the stadium or around the, uh, the, the playing surface as well. Um, and back to the, 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 I mean, the fake snow. I mean, I, I had a, an old journalism professor uh, back when I was going to school at UNM, uh, and there was one quote that always stuck with me, um, when I went through his class and ever in the years since is everything about television is fake. You got to make it look good. Yeah. You know, like whether it's, you put clamps in the back of, you know, somebody's shirt to make it fit a little bit tighter. Uh, you know, whether you're, you're like taping something to the, the back of a, uh, you know, uh, a set dressing um, it's, it's all for the presentation of the camera. And that, that is what the winter classic is. It, I mean, it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere to go to uh, these outdoor games. I enjoy attending them as well. Um, and I'm not discounting the people who go because it is, it's something different. Live sports are definitely the best. 
but we know that the winter classic is made for TV and that's what they're going to set it up for. Um, and the fake snow, I, I still have a little bit of fake snow from that Coors Field uh, oh, stadium series uh, when it was blowing around in the third period and like yeah. big chunks were going onto the ice. Uh, I, I have a great photo of that too. It was um, it was uh, a freak windstorm that just came through Coors Field and started blowing up that that uh, cotton fake snow. Uh, it was great. So. Um, yeah, no, uh, we got the uh, the Winter Classic coming up on uh, January 1st. If you get a chance to check it out, uh, I believe it will be played on TNT. Um, so, yeah, if you get a chance, 3 p.m. Mount, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time is when that's going to be uh, dropping the buck. So uh, check it out if you get the chance. Um, okay, stick it with the NHL. Uh, let's let as we're starting to come towards the end of 2023 beginning of 2024 um let's let's talk some new year's resolutions um and i know everybody likes to make them and they're usually broken within two weeks of the new year uh, mine disintegrated within the first 24 hours last year but um <laughs> i tend not to make resolutions that i plan to keep anyway um but let's take a look at the um at the two conferences, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference here in the NHL. Um, and let's let's pick a couple of teams, so maybe um, a, a one from each division, and let's talk about some resolutions they need to make to either be competitive or moving forward as a franchise and not falling into uh, obscurity. Um, I, I, I'm going to start with Jacob here. Um, okay. give, me, give me one team uh, and just let me know uh, whichever division, uh, give me a team who needs to make a new year's resolution and what that should be. So I'm going to start with a Canadian team in the central division, the Winnipeg jets. Oh, their special teams have been abysmal. They are current. <laughs> and that is incredibly incredible because they are currently second in the central with 44 points, one point behind the lead. They have the, uh, best goal differential in their division. And yet their special teams are ranked uh, 24th with a power play and 26th in the league with their penalty kill. Mm-hmm. It's absurd <laughs> uh, to me that they are just not doing well at all on the special teams. And it's a fixable issue. That's a coaching issue that you can totally, totally fix. Um. But you're 33 games into the season and you have these totals. And I think coming into the new year, they need to try to revamp their power play, try to change some things out on, out on the penalty kill um, and hope that uh, they can shore those up in order to hopefully maybe make a playoff run because the Winnipeg Jets totally could if yeah. they get those things uh, shored up. Yeah, one, one point out of first place, two games in hand on Colorado so they're they're sitting they're sitting in a good spot if they can get that that figured out. That is a fantastic resolution. Uh, those in the Winnipeg front office, I know you're listening. Take Jacob's <laughs> advice. Work on those special teams. All right, Lou. Let, let's uh, pick an Eastern Conference team. Uh, who needs to make a resolution, and what does that need to be? Oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs need to make a resolution to get themselves a number one goaltender, or at least a number two (laughs) because 
So far this season, um, they <clears throat> they are in the position they are in, uh, third in, in the uh, Atlantic Division because uh, because of the offense. Um, Nylander, Matthews, um, or everybody's scoring, but they can't keep the puck out of the net. Uh, Joseph Wall so far is a 9.16, uh, 0.916, excuse me, save percentage so far this season. His goals against averages um, uh, 2.8. I guess it's okay. Um, it's, but it, it, that's, I think that's probably the, um, the death knell for that because it's just okay. Um, yeah. And not any better is Ilya Samsonov, uh, Samsonov, uh, a 3.79 goals against average and a save percentage of, for him, of 871. Um, that's just not going to get the Toronto Maple Leafs over the line. They, um, I did hear rumors, not rumors, but maybe suggestions that Nylander uh, might be moving. Mm. Might be um, uh, an opportunity to move him, but uh, I I don't know. I, I tend to doubt that. That would be a huge piece of their offense going out the window, considering Nylander's got 48 points so far this season on uh, – um, uh, where did what happened to Nylander? 16 goals. Um, so between Marner, Nylander, and Matthews, I don't think any of them are going, but I don't know who – I don't know where they're going to get a, a number one goaltender. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'm surprised. Um, this is what made me think about the Maple Leafs, that Antti Ranta uh, cleared waivers uh, last week uh, when Carolina placed him on waivers and then sent him to the Chicago Wolves uh, in the AHL. And uh, he came back uh, last night and won five to three. Um, but I, I, I just don't, I don't know what his future is in Carolina. And you wonder if, um, why seriously guys, why <laughs> the Maple Leafs, if they had a decent, uh, sorry to, to these two guys, but if they had a decent dependable goaltender, imagine where they would be in the standings right now, they would be challenging, uh, the Boston Bruins for the top spot in that division. Yep. But I don't think they can rely on either one of these guys. They can have Jack Campbell back if they want. Hey, hey Mike Smith is on the free agent list. <laughs> I actually, I think he's, I, I think he's LTR retired. Is he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, Cap Friendly still has him listed as a uh, free agent. Okay, uh, so I guess not. Then. Yeah. So uh, that that's my wish list for the new year for the Ma- okay. Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Goaltending, I, front office, I know you're listening. I know you're listening. Listen to Dr. Lou Lafredo. He knows what he's talking about, especially when it comes to goaltending. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, pick another team from the West here, Jacob. Who else needs to make a resolution? Well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> another Canadian right? team, the Calgary Flames. Oh, I thought you were going Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> I mean, that, that one's a bit obvious, and they're heading in the right direction. But Calgary isn't. Um, Calgary has you said that with so much joy in your your voice because there is a lot yeah. of joy in my voice <laughs> and hearts. So currently, they are very bad at scoring. In the in the sport of hockey, generally you need to outscore the other team. 
Calgary is doing a very bad job of, you know, scoring. Uh, they are currently 25th in the league for goals. Um, their power play is 28th with a 12.3 power play percentage. That is horrible. And their leading goal scorer is Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm. On a team with Nazem Kadri, uh, Lars Lindholm, um, and Jonathan Huberto, Blake Coleman should not be leading the team in goals. That's you just can't do that. You can't have that happen. They've been getting serviceable-ish defense, but if you're not scoring, you're not going to be winning. So they need to get those guys getting more goals, putting the puck in, and just figuring out how to score. Like I, the, the team has just so many issues, but I think if you score. Um, if you if you're starting to score goals and you're starting to win games, all of the other issues will start to simmer down, and you can get away with a bit more and give yourself a lot more room to move. I mean, it, at least they're not the worst in their division at scoring goals. There is the San Jose Sharks there, and the Anaheim Ducks. Well, to be fair, Kraken. Calgary was supposed to be playoff hopefuls. Yeah. Yeah, they fired uh, Daryl Sutter in order to be a playoff hopeful. That was their primary objective, um, and they're not even going to come close. Um, I, if I remember correctly, they're not too far out of the standings. I mean, uh, they're five points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, but you know, if this trend continues, I can't. I would be very surprised if they come even close to the playoffs. Yeah. And I mean, well, do we have any faith in either the, the predators or the coyotes to stay among the top of the wild card there? I mean, I think one of them will fall off. Um, You know, I I think I have more faith in the coyotes to hold on right now, but I mean, both teams um, are in decent spots. Um, they have a lot of young players on both sides yeah. and they can make a lot of, they could make a lot of changes. They really want to go for a push. Yeah. So if they want to go for, they could totally go for it. Yeah. All right. You, you heard it here. Calgary front office. Listen to Jacob. I, I actually maybe, maybe, maybe don't listen to Jacob because he, he does have it in for you guys, but um, he does have a good point on a resolution. So uh, <laughs> maybe take take note of that with a grain of salt. All right, let's go back to the Eastern Conference. Lou, who else needs to make a resolution in the East? So you've seen these commercials where uh, people are drinking this green slurry, um, <clears throat> and I just keep thinking it's Soylent Green. Um, <laughs> it's some sort of supplement, AG1 or something. Uh, it's just disgusting looking. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a team that I think could use a little bit of AG1 or whatever the whatever in blazes is green. called. Yeah. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins are mired um, at or near um, lows for the last few seasons. Um, they just cannot get out of their own way. Um, 
I think this year is the year that age catches up to them and maybe some vitamin supplements. And I'm not being snarky, um, but I think they need something. Um, Mike Sullivan, the head coach, um, was given a vote of confidence, which in my estimation is the, it's also the death knell for a head coach in the NHL. Gee, he's doing a really great job um, as he's being escorted off the premises. Um, and they just, their power play is inept. And they were 37 straight chances, um, without a power play goal until this week when they finally, uh, broke through on a power play. Um, they can't seem to string more than two wins in a row. Um, and they just can't seem to get it. Jake Gunsfeld is uh, leading the team with 38 points. Sidney Crosby's got 35 uh, in terms of points. Crosby's got uh, 19 goals, and that's the high for the team. And it really does sort of drop off after the top four. Um, uh, Brian Rust has got 10 goals, and then it really drops off. So their offense is, is suspect at this point, particularly uh, on special teams, a la Jacob's uh, concerns. Uh, with Winnipeg and Tristan Jari is the, is their number one goalie. He's got a 2.49 save uh, goals against average and his save percentage isn't bad at, at 0.916, but um, the Penguins need um, an injection of youth um, in all seriousness uh, to get away from the supplement thing. Um, they are relying on the core and the core is getting older. And Eric Carlson, I, in, you know, everybody's talking about Eric Carlson, about how much he's done. He has six goals so far this season, and he's picked up um, uh, 16 assists. And for that kind of money, um, 22 points is just not going to cut it. He's He has not given the Penguins, I think, the jolt that they thought he would. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing better in San Jose at this point in the season than he yeah. is right now in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the Pens had to give up a lot to get him. Yeah. And so they've as, from – look, as a Ranger fan, I know about bankrupting the future. A <laughs> 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 la 1994. Uh, um, so I think what the Penguins did was bankrupt the future to get Carlson in and, uh, was, you know, uh, general manager, Kyle, um, uh, um, from Toronto. Davis or no, um, so Carwin or Brad Fiedler living or Kyle Davis? Dubas. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I I, I stopped oh, the pronunciation of his name. Was he responsible for bringing Carlson in? Yes, he was. That was that was his first move. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, because <laughs> um, that's what they should have done was taken uh, taken a break, uh, re- do a little bit of retooling, and uh, taking a flyer on uh, Carlson. Let him go someplace else. So that's my wish list uh, in the East. All right. Well, 
I, I know those are going to be uh, carefully weighed with each organization. So I, I thank you two gentlemen for <laughs> offering up your, uh, your professional expertise uh, for these clubs. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to stop? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're throwing us under the bus. <laughs> um, it's the Crosstown Express. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll head over to uh, our friends over at Manscaped and, and cut it off. Uh, just Ooh. like you can head over to manscaped.com slash pro hockey news and save yourself 20% off your purchase of any hair removal items from their website. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring the Pro Hockey News podcast. All right. Uh, we do have some other professional hockey news. Uh, I believe starting Monday, the Professional Women's Hockey League is going to be starting competitions for their 2024 season. And uh, they have announced the... Uh, TV partnerships where you can watch your favorite club uh, as they begin their quest towards the first ever league championship. Um, as we know, we have six teams this year in uh, the PWHL. We have New York, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, Minnesota, and Boston. Uh, yet to have names for either of those clubs. Right now, they are just representing uh, the cities slash uh, state for Minnesota. Um, so uh, as we begin uh, the, the season, the 2024 season for the PW, uh, not PWHL, I am so used to saying that right now. Uh, it is the PWHL. They, they've gone through so <laughs> many iterations. I am getting caught up on my own brain trying to process all that. Uh, the PWHL will start their season, uh, like I said, on January 1st. Uh, the inaugural uh, games can be caught on, uh, I believe, Sportsnet, TSN, and CBC in Canada. And um, I believe they are going to be available on MSG and Nesson here in the States. Um, and any regular season games uh, are going to be streamed on Sportsnet Plus, um, on TSN.ca. And uh, also a few games, select games are going to be uh, broadcast on, uh, on TSN and CBC and Sportsnet up in Canada. Uh, Nesson will take care of the home games for the, uh, the Boston team and, uh, MSG will take care of the games for the New York team. So uh, we got some pretty big, um, television partners, you know, going in to back this new league as they start their inaugural season. Um, you know, last year things didn't seem to, to, Form properly to have a complete season with the former uh, PHF, uh, what was yeah, it? PHF. Professional Hockey Federation, and um, the new uh, PWHL. Uh, this year, it looks like things have come together, minus the team names, um, and we are going to be starting competition. I, for one, am looking forward to this. I, I've been missing women's hockey for the last couple of seasons, and I am happy to see that they have upgraded from streaming their games on Twitch, uh, which was an ingenious idea for the league that didn't really have any television rights uh, to broadcast on. Uh, now it looks like they have a few more uh, heavy hitters coming in to, to back the league. Um, 
Now I just need to figure out how to get any of those packages with Nesson um, and WSG. <laughs> I'd also like to mention that it is streaming online on YouTube as well. Oh, it Ooh. is. Every single game will be on YouTube. Oh, I missed that part. Okay. Yeah. I am so, so excited now. Yeah, um, it's going to be very, very accessible. Um, I'm really excited. I'm actually quite excited um, <laughs> because that makes it actually more accessible um twitch is sometimes it was is oh wait twitch is a mess twitch is twitch twitch, twitch is, is twitch 90 percent of the time yeah um 10 percent of the time they're fine but for this i think youtube is definitely the better place to have it mm-hmm. and a lot more of a professional environment um yeah with more tools just for the streamers so i'm really excited absolutely now I, I uh, th- this is not going to go into our official picks of the week because I know Jacob has already made those, but we are going to have um, we, we're going to have three games on J- uh, Monday, January 1st, Tuesday, January 2nd, Wednesday, January 3rd. And those are going to be the first three games of the inaugural season. Um, we'll record these down here in just a second. I want to get your pick for each one of these games. I'm going to start with Lou. First game, Monday, January 1st at 12.30 p.m. Eastern. We have the we have New York. I kept wanting to throw in their nicknames. They don't have nicknames. We have New York playing Toronto in Toronto. Lou, who do you have winning that game? Um, are these going to count? They're, they're, they're not going to count for okay. our... Our PHN. weekly picks, because I okay. know I'm just throwing them okay. on you right now. Right, but right. I, I want to get okay. your feelings. Okay, Who's so away? I I'll take New York. Jacob, I'm going to pick Toronto. I like Sarah Nurse and Natalie Spinner, the great players, <laughs> and Jocelyn right. LaRock. Yeah, you know I, I I can't look at a New York a women's New York team and not think of the Riveters. So I am drawn towards New York in this one. So. Uh, put me down for New York. Uh, game number two, we are going to have Montreal and Ottawa, the Battle of Canada in the, the uh, openings of the PWHL. Jacob, who's walking away with this one? Um, sorry, uh, which game? Sorry. Uh, Montreal at Ottawa. Montreal. Montreal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Murray Philippe Poulin. It's good. I'm going to pick her every time. Um, so um, Ottawa, because they'll embarrass the senators by getting out to a fast start. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go Ottawa as well. For, for no other reason. I, okay. I, I'll go Ottawa. All right. Last game. Uh, Minnesota at Boston. Lou, who are you liking that one? Minnesota. Um, let's take Minnesota. Minnesota. All right. Uh, Jacob. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Do I pick Boston or not? That's the silly <laughs> question. Obviously, Minnesota. <laughs> it, 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 it transcends leagues. It transcends everything. Everything. All right. Well then, I, I I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with uh, with Boston on this one. I'm gonna go with them. We we have our signed Boston Pride uh, Isabel Cup champion Boston Pride uh, virtual fan we sent back in 2020. 
technically 2021. Um, so I, I have uh, a little bit of a soft spot for the Boston team that uh, represents or the, the team that represents the Boston area. So put me down for Boston. All right. So for our, our picks on a whim, let's transfer to our picks of the week. Jacob, I saw you put some uh, some games in there for us this week. Yeah, so last week, uh, or last Let's time we did this. Let's not talk about last week. Let's not talk about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Lou had a winning record with a three and two. Again? I went two and three. Two and three. Yeah, I mean, it's better than having a losing record. It's going to take me six weeks, six six months to get back. <laughs> okay, so. I mean, you're only two games behind Richard, so. Oh, yeah, I'm oh. letting you back in on this one. Okay. Yeah, so first game, uh, first game, and I'm also just very far behind everyone. So first game, we got Carolina Hurricanes at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Lou, we're going to start with you. I'm going to fly in the face of my uh, New Year's resolution and take uh, uh, Maple Leafs. Okay, Richard. <laughs> I, I I almost stumbled on that. Yeah, right. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with the jerks. Bunch of jerks. Yep. I mean, Carolina's had some really big defensive problems as of late. So I'm going to pick, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs because Toronto can score a lot of goals. And then the next game we have Nashville Predators at the Washington Capitals. Richard, start with you. Okay, let's see. Two teams I have absolutely no faith in this year. Um, let's see. Um, I guess the Predators. <laughs> I'll go hey. with that. Lou, who do you have? I'm going to take the Predators as well. I watched that Rangers-Caps game and Darcy Kemper looked awful in net and Nashville's got a couple of snipers. I think uh, I'll, I'll tip my hat towards the Preds. Okay. I'll also go Nashville. I like, uh, I like myself for UC service. So yeah. I think he's going to get one there. Yeah. Next game, St. Louis at Pittsburgh, Lou. Wow. Well, blues have, I think won three, three in a row now. With uh, Drew Bannister as the yes. new head coach, um, some of the big names seem to be starting to uh, make them make their presence known. <laughs> Not necessarily scoring, but hey, Brandon Saad is still on the team. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take the Blues. Okay, Richard. Give me Pittsburgh in this one. I think uh, St. Louis is going to be a little tired on a back-to-back. Ooh, yeah, back-to-back on the road. Well, yeah, I'm going to – you yeah. convinced me. Yeah, don't They're forget it's a bunch of old guys. <laughs> 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 they need that Geritol. <laughs> okay, and a real true draft position fight here, Columbus Blue Jackets at the Buffalo Sabres. Richard? Oh, I, I'm going Buffalo. Nobody out loses Columbus. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's fair. Lou? No, I'm going to take Columbus. I think they have 
they they haven't played badly as badly as they did earlier in the season. Uh, so, and Buffalo is Buffalo. I'm surprised at you, Richard, for taking Buffalo. <laughs> or is it too soon for them to really tank? Uh, it's it's always like January is when they really tank, at least that I've noticed. I, I don't know what it is up in Buffalo. And Coronado is still the head coach. Uh, not that I wish anything on him, but it just seems he's must be on the hot seat. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Buffalo on a whim. Um, I don't know why. I just, I'm going to pick Buffalo. And our last game, the New York Rangers at Tampa Bay Lightning. Lou? Well, you can, you can, you can pen it in. I, yeah. um, uh, Shesterkin had, had gone through, wow, what did he give up? 22 goals over four, over four game stretch that he played in, um, was just awful. And uh, that was after coming back from general, uh, he was off. He was on the uh, injured list or something. He was, he was off the team for general soreness came back. And those four games were the first four back from that. And now over the last, over these last four, um, he is the Shesterkin of old. Uh, Jonathan Quick starts tonight in uh, Sunrise against the Panthers. So uh, Shesterkin gets goes up against um, Vasilevsky. So give me the Rangers. Okay, Richard. Um, I'm going to take the Rangers as well. They're really good on the road, 12-4-1. I'll, I'll take that to the bank. Okay. I'm actually going to pick the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, you know, Team coming off a back-to-back against the Panthers um, tonight. That's going to be a really rough one. Um, I think they're going to be going that far, though. They're staying in the state. No, I just mean the game itself is going to be. uh, It's going to be a bit of a bruiser, bruisey game. You know, I think um, you know Tampa. Tampa does has does have Vasilevsky. Um, I really like Vasilevsky, and you know their stars are starting to put up really good numbers. Uh, Kucherov is back at the top of the league again. And, you know, I think the sky's the limit for, I think Tampa is coming back to what are starting to rise back to what they, uh, what they were when they won all the Stanley cups. So I'm going to pick them. And that's it for the picks of the week. If you'd like to follow along, use our, use the hashtag PHN on Twitter or X and follow us on the PHN podcast account. All right. That takes us to our parting thoughts. Lou, what's on your mind this week? Well, I posted a uh, book review for Rick Campagnolo's um, book about the New York Rangers, the franchise. Um, it was a really, uh, aside from the fact that I'm a Ranger fan, it was a really terrific read. Um, uh, all the way up to, he retired in uh, 2021. Uh, so this was up through 18, 19, 20 uh, covering the rebuild and then um, uh, the beginning of the of the Rangers coming back into co- uh, competitive hockey, it's a it's a really terrific book and it's on the website uh, under um, hashtag PHN Book Review. So if you're interested, right. go check it out. Excellent. Okay, Jacob. Well, the World Juniors are happening um, in Sweden yeah. currently. Um, Great tournament so far. Um, you know, places like Sweden, Finland, 
always fantastic hosts. Um, you know, they, unfortunately, the host beat my uh, Canadians today to nothing. Um, Sweden looks fantastic. Um, very, very well coached uh, team with very smart players. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them in in the major leagues. Um, it's it's really good to see a lot of these young kids uh, come up and in these tournaments. All right. Um, I mean, I guess you guys were just being polite to the host country. Just saying, here, you can have the win, right? Um, no. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it, Jacob. Just go with it. Um, my parting thought, um, and I'll probably post a picture of this later as Lou and Jacob can see. Um, I'm wearing a new light jacket I got from uh, a friend of mine and a friend of the podcast um, for uh, for Christmas. And today... I just noticed it perfectly matches the interior of my car. I look <laughs> like I am a floating head on my seat uh, because the similar pattern of this uh, stitching on the chest and the exact color is the exact color of the uh, of my uh, the seat in in my car. And of course, it's also black on the interior, so the black sleeves kind of blend in. So. Um, I look like a, a floating head as I am driving my car around, That's but I, I find it very humorous. So thank you, Alex, for the and Ashlyn for the the gift. Uh, finding it very useful, I've worn it on many occasions, and not just to make myself look like a floating head in my car. That does it for this episode of the Pro Hockey News podcast. Thank you to all of our sponsors: My Custom Sports Chair, the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store, Manscaped, and LDE Affinity Jewelry. Uh, without you, uh, we would not be able to make this podcast uh, keep running for so long. Um, and uh, thanks to Lou Lafredo and Jacob Doherty for joining me this week. Listeners, thank you for making us a part of your routine. And I will see you all next week. 